stakes. And he had a... Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever play Resident Evil 7? <laughs> uh, yes, in Nightmares. Uh, guys, if you haven't noticed, we rebranded. Uh, and if you haven't, you know, if you're not listening to Big Trouble with Podcast or getting some color, uh, we did mention the rebrand. But if you're hearing this for the first time, you're probably wondering, why is it not the Nemesis Project anymore? The thing is, me and Zach play other games that are kind of like horror-related rather than Resident Evil, and we thought instead of just making multiple fucking channels uh, to cater to, like, games like Silent Hill uh, and the Suffering or the Fear games and all that stuff, like, we just wanted to keep it on the same channel. So now it's Lost in Nightmares. And I kind of have a, I have a slogan for that. Uh, a resident of evil going uh, going into... I, let me actually get it before I paraphrase my own fucking slogan. <laughs> a resident of evil entering the void of more nightmares. So it, it, it kind of, you know, Resident Evil will always be the flagship for me and Zach, uh, but there will be others. Um, and I, I thought about thinking, like, keep it the Nemesis Project as a series names, but I think we're just going to do Lost in Nightmares presents, and then we'll just say the series game that we're playing. And that is Resident Evil 7. That's what we're presenting today. And boy, boy, has it has it been a long time? I, it, it was so long. Me, I had to ask Gazak where our Google Doc was, uh, <laughs> and I I looked at the date, and it was July nineteenth or the ninth. It doesn't matter the exact, but it was in July when we did Revelations two. Uh, and man, that's that's a long time. I mean, a lot of shit happened during during that time. Life got in the way. Um, yeah. and that, we're, we're almost in December. Uh, and we, we were trying to keep a schedule so that we would, would have like Resident Evil, uh, village, Resident Evil 8 village be around this time. But again, shit gets in the way, but here we are, Resident Evil 7. Uh, we usually have our own segments here. Uh, before we get into it, Zach, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, I'm playing... Resident Evil 8 Village again after the update. And we're supposed to revisit it soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't <clears throat> finished the because I wanted to finish the game fresh again before I played the DLC stuff. Uh, so that that's what I'm doing lately. Cool. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing pretty much doing as far as uh, after we record this, after I put it up. Uh, and also... If if you're wondering, like, the last time we did review Resident Evil Village, you're probably wondering, why is the audio suck? Well, guess what? We're re- rebooting that review. So if you want to hear the whole episode, you might hear some new things because I've changed my mind on Resident Evil Village. So think of it as a reboot. I'll still keep up the shitty episode that I have up so that you can compare and contrast whatever you could hear. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, You'll see that I've changed. I, I've, I've always done this thing that I need to stop doing is like getting so hyped for a game when I first play it. Because every time I play a Resident Evil game, I'm always going to be hype. I'm never going to be like, this sucks. I don't think I ever said this sucks to a Resident Evil game before. Maybe like Resident Evil 5, I was confused. 
I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have several times. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, but we're going to do all Resident Evil 7. So let, let's get into the development stage uh, of Resident Evil 7. I'll go a little bit first because the only news I was able to scrounger, uh, I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up. Uh, is that they had budget problems a little bit where they were afraid because this is a new idea, everybody. This this game, I mean, we've had first-person Resident Evil before, but not to the extent of how good it is in this game um, because you have Gun Survivor, right? That was the... the uh... Yeah, that was the first time they had a, a first-person view and you know, first-person oriented gameplay and design and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they had Gun Survivor 2, which is a little bit more like an arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had, uh, oh man, the name of it slipping. Uh, the one on PS2, the one that we didn't really like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I still have like my, uh, Dead aim. Sorry. Dead aim. There you go. <laughs> the my favoritism is just Vincent and all that stuff. Just the dialogue of that game. Vincent, no. <laughs> no. Re, Re Survivor is is one of my uh, games. I'll throw up as like a hey. You know how there's culture around bad movies can be good. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Bad games can be good. <laughs> and by the way, I'm gonna use MK and Ice Fire uh, video um of the gameplay just so that you know there's some gameplay up and we could point things out while we're doing it so i'll yeah. i'll bring that up don't worry i have the sound off so it's not going to be blaring in people's ears sweet so there we go anyway uh but yeah development budget wise like they were looking to sell about 3 million units and i mean eventually they did right because this game actually blows up uh because people were hungry for Resident Evil uh and the demo the demo i have more fonds of as far as like actually really really excited for a Resident Evil game because when did Resident Evil 6 come out like uh i believe it was 2012 2012 and this game came out in 2016 17 yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, so it's it's been a long time, um, as far as a pretty pretty big gap there for a mainline Resident Evil game. Yeah, and that that's why we had to do new changes of having you know first person, uh, and it was just crazy, super crazy. But what do you what do you have notes wise for development? Well, uh, I know you're talking about sales projections and stuff with you know and this game was successful and I think one of the key things there was they kind of curtailed their expectations to be, you know, a little lower mm-hmm. for sales. And they, but they also made an effort to like have a smaller budget compared to RE six, but still be like a high budget game. Uh, and yeah, initially after RE six came, came and went, uh, there was a sequel they were working on for RE6 that was going to play like it and everything. And they pivoted because of the critical reception. So 
everybody wants to talk about how Japanese devs don't listen to feedback. That's, that's not true. Otherwise, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. Yeah, I don't. Um, we wouldn't get the. Uh, I think this game was a true test to see if Resident Evil fans are still around. Because if this game did poorly, I don't think we get Resident Evil Two remake, right? I don't think we would have no. Because uh, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the feelings of what they wanted to do more moving forward hinged on how good this game was going to do. Because mm-hmm. they made an effort, <clears throat> like. The, the CEO of Capcom, like this whole process started in January of 2014. Uh, the CEO, Kenzo uh, Suimoto, I'm assuming is how you're going to say his name, called uh, Jun Takeuchi, who was the lead producer for Resident Evil 5. And uh, he was also involved in several other big Capcom games, including like Resident Evil 1 and 2, actually. Hmm. Um, and I mean, Resident Evil 5 is still, I think, the best-selling game in the whole series, believe it or not. Yeah, because there was a gap between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5 for that to come out. And And I still say there was, like, the expectation after 4. People were like, this is going to be like 4, right? But even crazier. Yeah. It kind of wasn't. (laughs) Well, it, it, it was, and it wasn't. Like, it was because of the whole action-y and all that stuff. Uh, but the craziness is, you know, obviously Chris Redfield punching a boulder and all of the the uh, cutscenes and shit that happened in that game. But we'll listen yeah. to our Resident Evil 5 episode for that. Mm-hmm. We don't hate it. <laughs> I, only, I, I only hate the last level because I can't do that. I can't tap the fucking controller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I t- I turned the corner on that game. I used to hate that game, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, uh, Takuchi agreed though, and he he agreed to direct, and uh, he came up with a few different ideas to start. Uh, he wanted to create cost effective measures for the art design, and you know something to cut the budget there, and uh, try to come up with some try to go back to like atmospheric horror and item management he even had like the team at first they started with like 10 people like sit down and just write down what you think resident evil is about so they could all get on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. and even like took inspiration from like evil dead the original which you see that kind of in this game texas chainsaw massacre with the whole dinner scene from that's yeah that's not mentioned, but like I still feel like somebody watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and thought, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah," because there's a lot of that in this too. And it's very like I mean, it's goofy because like they're all sitting around, um, you're eating rotten food, possibly humans and shit, uh, and like Lucas, who's the crazy uh, son, like <laughs> the father gets pissed off and like cuts his arm and shit. It gets wild. He's like, oh, god damn it, why'd you have to do that again? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but it's funny that that happens. Like, when you first play the game and you don't know any lore, you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, where am I? Like, what is this family? But then you, like, get into the lore, and obviously when you get the village and all that stuff, 
you learn about the mold and what happens when you, your body parts get cut off. I mean, you learn about it in this game too, but yeah, it, it's wild. Um, but yeah, uh, they also toured haunted houses in Osaka. Really? So they, and, and they recorded footage of them like going through the house so they could come up with the general aesthetic they were kind of looking for, which that also makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like how the whole gestation of it started, though. Uh, and then this is where like the RE engine stuff starts to come into play. Uh, they get more heavily into development and throughout the year. Uh, they had an artist, uh, Makoto Fuki, or Fukui, uh, came up with this uh, this process called photo photogrammetry it's like i just learned this word like a couple hours ago and it's still kind of hard for me to say <laughs> to me vowels in different places <laughs> <laughs> but it's this process where you take digital pictures of like real objects or people and you can convert them into 3d objects for games and i wasn't aware that was something that you could even do <laughs> yeah me either uh, that's why that's pretty cool. That's why when I read that stuff before, I was like, I'm not gonna be ignorant and like talk about this because I'll just say the word and be like, yeah, they did this, and I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I, I could have researched a little bit more, uh, but truthfully, when I play games, I mean, the only thing I care about is if the game works or not, and if, and if it's fun. But it's interesting. I, I will say what you, what you said is interesting. I like to peek into what the development was like for a game. Uh, you can mm. learn a lot of interesting stuff about it there. Oh yeah. Um, the, the haunted house thing is, is interesting to me because this, this building or this house that you're in, it messes with your mind a little bit because like you're in the beginning part of the stages. You're like, Oh, this is just like a, I don't know, maybe one story, two story house, but it's like a whole damn like swamp area house. It gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's, a, it's a property. It's like a family property. Yeah. It's like some of those uh, families where, like, they've had land passed down several generations, and they own, like, you know, I don't know, 100 acres? Mm -hmm. Something like that. It's like they got money, but it doesn't really look like they have money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like one of those kinds of families. Mm -hmm. Um. But... Yeah, with this uh, photogrammetry thing, this halved the design time for typical drawing and 3D modeling from scratch. And just to, they threw out an example, like what would typically take 40 days to complete like an object or something mm. took, took 20 with this method. Uh, but a studio had to be constructed to accommodate this technology. And they bought like 150 high performance digital cameras <laughs> so they could do all this. Uh, and then I guess they tried to get this to work with the MT framework engine, which, you know, that was Capcom's engine for all their games uh, in the generation before this. Yeah. And it wouldn't work on PS4, though. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, okay, this isn't working. And that's when uh, Takuchi was like, all right, let's make a new engine. But he made a really interesting mandate not to create an engine for the engine's sake. And they said what he meant by that was you only make mechanics that would serve a purpose. And what I think they sort of meant also was we're not making an engine to try to sell to other people. Yeah. 
we're, we're making our engine for our game. And yeah, he, it was also his idea. Like this is going to replace MT framework. This will, will produce new games with this engine, but we're not selling it to anybody. I, well, literally when this engine came out, I, this is when Capcom boomed, uh, literally, uh, because again, yeah. it, it, <laughs> cause it's like, Oh, here's Resident Evil seven. We're, we're, since it was popular, uh, you know, did well, get an RE2 remake and we're still going through that stage of village and Resident Evil 4 remake and three. And then you have like monster hunter games that I believe also used the RE engine. Correct. I think so. Devil May Cry five used it as well. Mm-hmm. So, used it to great effect too. So it's like, because of this, because of that guy's decision, it literally essentially kind of saved Capcom because it was on a down downward trend for a while. Yeah. I remember there being some kind of uncertainty about like the health of the company back then because of just the, how RE6 didn't measure up to their projections, which is still insane to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember there, there was people were kind of wondering, Oh, is Capcom going to downsize? Is it good? You know, nobody really knew what was going on back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but adjustments needed to be made to the engine in the game because the build they had at the end of 2014 kind of was laggy a little bit because it was too photorealistic, apparently. Oh, man. And I'm kind of wondering what that looks like because PT was pretty photorealistic, which we'll get into in a sec about PT in this game. Why is that bad, though? Like... I think you would terrify more people, right? If it was photorealistic, did they? Oh, like- it was just, yeah, uh, I think so. It's no, it was just like the game's performance suffered for it. Oh, okay, I get you. Yeah, it's like it, it was. They were having like frame rate lag. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of wondering what that looked like though, because like Pete, like I was saying, like I think Pete, like this game is pretty photorealistic already too. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what version this guy's playing. I don't know if he's playing the enhanced on PS5 or the the high spec PC version or what. But uh, on PC, 4K 60 FPS. Okay, so he's playing basically the PS5 equivalent. Yep. <clears throat> um. But yeah, then they they were asked if they'd consider doing something for Project Morpheus, which was. Sony's codename for their PSVR. Mm-hmm. And initially they didn't even think about doing that. And they're like, well, I guess we'll come up with something. So they kind of adapted something out of RE7's development for it, which is the kitchen demo. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember that, yes. Yeah, I remember people were really talking about that uh, back then. Uh, that came out in like 2015 when they released the kitchen demo. Uh, but at the time, nobody knew it was related to RE. Mm hmm. They, they had no idea. This is like, so they released some kind of spooky teaser where we watched a guy get murdered in front of us. <laughs> yeah, I, it was kind of running off of the high of PT, right? Because when PT it was like, oh, here's this like tech demo that you're going to be going in a loop. And then, you know, you find out it's a Silent Hills game that never got came out or came to be. It's a whole Kojima Konami thing. So like yeah. when Capcom did the kitchen thing, I mean, there was rumbles. They were like, is this like somewhat of a Resident Evil prototype? And like, people were just like, nah. Like, they weren't even thinking about it because Resident Evil 6 was a bad game. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, when that, 
when when it got revealed that it was a Resident Evil Seven demo, man, all the uh, do you how how many times did you play the Resident Evil Seven demo? That was the beginning hour demo. Yes, and uh, that yeah that came out in June of twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. I played it. Uh, I want to say three or four times, and then I played it one more time after they updated it. So I guess five. So, um, uh, this was they didn't really say anything. Like when it, when the game came out, you don't know how to solve the demo because there was a puzzle when the update came out of the mannequin. I, I forgot the, it was like a finger or whatever. It was like a dummy finger. Yeah. And you were able to get that in the first part of the demo. So there was a lot of like Reddit shit going on because PT was also a Reddit thing where people solved it. And that's what we thought the Resident Evil 7 demo was, is that, oh, we got this item and there there's no instructions on how you beat this demo. So maybe there's something that we have to activate. And I literally, every inch of that demo, I've hit the action button on walls, on furnitures. I tried to combine shit to certain items and stuff, and it never worked. And it eventually, Cap- Capcom was so fucking quiet that they didn't say shit. They just said, wait for uh, an update. And then when the update came out, that's when you solved it. But, uh... It got a lot of people talking. I was excited. Yeah, I remember doing that too. I was combing through that demo, trying to figure everything out, see if I missed anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like PT, how I obsessed over that. Um, but what was kind of cool about this was uh, they they said they did say before it released, like it's going to feature a protagonist that's not involved in the main story of the game. It is connected to it, but it's not the main character and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had like eight different endings too. That was like a whole other thing. Uh, now six of them are sim- kind of similar in how they happen mm-hmm. or five of them. It's like how, when you pick up the phone and I, I think it's Zoe, I can't remember now. It's been too long since I played it. Some woman is on the phone and she says a line. She's like, who are you? And then Clancy, who the guy you're playing as from the sewer gator shit, he's like in various other parts of RE7. He's like, what? And then she'll say something to you. There's like six different lines or whatever. Mm. And then Jack Baker will grab you from behind and knock you out, and that's that's the end. <laughs> Welcome but there's to the also an infection. Son. Welcome to family start. Yeah, th- th- there's <laughs> also an infection ending where you get infected with the mold shit. Mm. And then there's the real ending where uh I forget what happens in the real ending, actually. I think you kind of get away, sort of, but you still get caught. Yeah. Um, This was also where um, you saw Remy Baker, who was the ghost... They called her the ghost girl that would randomly appear in the house. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that made people think about P.T. and how this was like... Because there were people that were also saying, like, they just ripped off P.T. Yeah. like, like, Like it was a bad thing. And at the time, people were like, I don't know if there should be ghost shit in Resident Evil, and I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they get more into supernatural kind of stuff. Uh, but I guess there ended up not really being a ghost. <laughs> so it would have been it, it would have been interesting, but like you had to put like a weird twist on it, like 
somehow I don't know the the mold is traps a soul or whatever. Like that that would have been funny if the mold like traps your soul. The mold traps your soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, I remember we were kind of like you know positing about like what the hell this game is going to be like at the time, and I I remember like you were cautiously optimistic about it. I think. Mm-hmm. You're like kind of worried they were going to go with this uh, supernatural angle because it still wasn't real clear at the time what it was. Yeah. And I was like, no, I think it's still going to be like something. Something will be based in uh, science somewhere. And thankfully, that's what they did. (laughs) Uh, That's it. That's all the development notes I got. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a story a little bit later when we get deep into the 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 episode. Um, but like the total opposite happened for both this game and village for me. Like when this game came out and I played it, I was like, it was okay. Like I didn't really like the mold monsters and, and the battles in this. And I was really down on that. Uh, and then I was really high about village (laughs) and now I've changed, which we will talk about. Uh, so let's get into the meaty flesh, uh, of the game. Uh, and let's talk about general gameplay and uh, design discussions. Uh, we kind of touched on the design a little bit, uh, but the uh, the atmosphere is what really sells this game. Uh, oh, yeah. It's so creepy <laughs> being on this property with swamp <laughs> and fog and, like, rotted food and shit. It's, it's like a combination of... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and also Friday the Thirteenth a little bit, because you have that like campground feel a little bit of being n- near the swamp and and woods, and then and you have this crazy ass family. <laughs> that that or Evil Dead too. You know, Evil Dead takes place out in a cabin. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's so, that's another movie. Uh, yeah, uh, it could have been. It could have set up for a, a creepy ghost person or something, which. That real quick sidebar, I wanted to get, I did want to go over the content that was cut. Oh, yeah. From the development, which is not a lot here, which I thought was kind of odd because I feel like this, uh, I thought this game would have more twists and turns in its development, but it didn't. It seemed to have like a more focused, concerted effort to it. Well, they had more of like, it, it's kind of risk taking what they did in this game. And I, mm-hmm. I, and I think they were just like, we want something new. Uh, and and something that it's still, it still it it respects the atmosphere of Resident Evil, which I think they nailed. Uh, so like the the only thing that they were probably turning on is probably hope hoping to sell this game, which they did. Uh, yeah. And the soundtrack was amazing, by the way. I just wanted to point that out. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, but there was a third person camera considered as well. Uh, but they they just there wasn't enough time I think so they just stuck with first person. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was characters that didn't make it. Uh, creepy twins. That's what they're called. Creepy twins. Like The Shining. Yeah, I think they were supposed to be boys though. Mm-hmm. Um, a dog. Apparently, the t- one of the twins or something had a dog. There, it wasn't any further than that. It was just a concept drawing. There was a dog. Were they? And a, huh? 
Did they try to cut any like main line characters? Was like Ada Wong like there somehow? No, uh, it seemed to me like they had all, all the core characters figured out, except certain concepts kind of turned into a new character. Mm. Like there was also a servant, like some kind of like just, I guess, you know, not quite a butler, but somebody that just does chores and shit. Mm. And he was carrying around the, the spooky lantern that Marguerite has that she eventually got. And her design changed too. Initially, she looked like a, almost like a Victorian era old lady. It was weird. Mm. Remy Baker is the interesting one though. That's the that's the ghost girl. Uh in beginning hour in the in the kitchen demo. Uh and to me this settles the PT debate where they're like, they ripped off PT because this is a creepy ghost girl or something. Mm. Uh the concept and design for Remy internally was made up in March of 2014. <laughs> PT didn't come out until August of that year. So they could. So PT stole that. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you want to say, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I looked at some of the close, closer up images for Remy Baker and like in the concept art, and honestly, it's a pretty creepy design. Mm. I'm, I'm after like seeing her, like seeing better pictures of her and shit. I'm kind of like a little disappointed she didn't get to stay in the game. <laughs> ha, um, ha, I guess what do you think that would. Like, how would she be intertwined in this story that we have now, you think? Do you think they would have just had, like, a... She died because of... Uh, e- e- Her name's Evie, right? I keep forgetting. Yeah, Evelyn. Evelyn. Yeah, yeah Evelyn. Um, do you think Evelyn somehow, like, killed her and she's haunting the house because of Evelyn? Um, I think at the end of, at the, end of the day, she's not really a ghost. Uh, they just called her that. Uh, like fans just called her Ghost Girl. Okay. I think she just was infected by the mold in a, in a whole other way, kind of thing. Kind of like ho- looks- Hollow Man when he lost, like, his- and then like puts on that like fake skin kind of thing. God ma- damn it! That fucking shot of her when she finds you in the <laughs> the, the crawl space <laughs> that got me for a second. I'm like, oh shit! She's like right up there in my face. Yeah, the atmosphere in this game, man, is is fucking crazy especially like when you go into the house as ethan uh and like me like you you look down the stairs of the basement and you're just like fuck <laughs> me is gonna... oh yeah when you go to the basement of that house it's it's kind of like when you find out there's a basement in the mansion of re1 mm-hmm. you're like oh god damn what does a basement look like in this game it's kind of like the same thing mm-hmm. um nobody no other game had a creepy basement up until this one Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. There was also uh, the scene I was talking about is when Ethan finds the VHS tape of Mia and she's trying to get away and she's in the crawl space and Marguerite finds her in the crawl space. It, it goes dark and then all of a sudden she's just like right there in front of you. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, like that's a good touch. The, the, the VHS tapes, because Think about it. Like when we go play the old games, we're going through reading files and and uh, diaries, which they still do have in this game, but very few. So the, There's not a lot to them either. They're usually pretty short. Yeah, and the VHS is kind of replacing that. We're just like, yeah. oh, oh, what happened here? Uh, and then you see the Mia tapes and all that stuff. And uh, when you get to the the, uh, the band footage. Uh, 
that's another story as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two other things real quick. There was a breathing mechanic huh. where, yeah, where uh, apparently you had to hold Ethan's breath to be able to sneak past or escape from certain kind of enemies. Oh, I wish I was in there. Yeah. Well, uh, Takauchi cut the mechanic because he noticed during playtesting that players would hold their breath as well when they would do that. <laughs> and he thought that would get tiresome. And he was also afraid it would cause somebody to have hypoxia or something, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of don't blame him for cutting that, actually, when he sees that. Uh, but uh, I guess it was like an involuntary action. You know how, like, when you play platformers, I don't know if this happens to anybody else but me, but I've heard other people experience that. You know how, like, when you take a jump and you your whole body will tense up? Yes. It's like that, I think. I think some people were having, like, that kind of reaction with the breathing. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, I don't know if you notice, like, when you watch other people in person play video games, uh, sometimes they get too into it. And yeah. and they try to replicate, especially people that don't game really often, and they play racing games, and they move the controller. While it's it, like it's like in movies and shit from the nineties when they're like, "Oh, I'm playing games." Yes, <laughs> uh, people get like that, man. I mean, I've played a lot of games, so like I'm used to it. But I I I could totally see myself mentally thinking like, "Oh, I got I better be quiet." while I move past uh, in, uh, Mr. Baker, and maybe I might go, <gasps> and then press the button. You kinda, I kind of do that when you play, like, first-person shooters when you're a sniper, and you just, like, <gasps> you hold your breath, yeah. and then you shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I still, yeah, like I was saying, I get the, I get the involuntary tense up on big jumps in games. I uh, Even 2D games, where mm-hmm. you take, like, those shitty leaps of faith and shit. Uh, I... When I play racing games like Forza, I, I will kind of like rock my chair, my whole body like I'm in the car because in real life, when you're taking turns like that, your 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 whole body's moving with the car's body. Yeah, and you don't get a you don't your when you, when your mind and your body knows that you're like not in a car and you're doing these like fucking sick ass turns, <laughs> you're just like yeah. You kind of like fuck up a little bit, so you have to like get into it a little bit. <laughs> and I'm aware of it when it happens, but then I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm just I'm too I'm I'm into playing this game. But uh, yeah, they 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 cut the breathing, and then there was a there was a D series file that got cut that was I think supposed to explain what the hell was up with the D series virus mm. in a slightly different way, and it reacted with how how it reacted with different subjects besides Evelyn. And I don't know. They just they just didn't include it for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all the cut content. Now we now we can get to the the true flesh, the true meaty flesh, uh, <laughs> the molded flesh, the molded flesh. Uh, plot wise, uh, is really interesting because we have two kind of plots going on here. Because in the beginning, uh, Ethan. You know, turns on a videotape and Mia says, don't come here. Um, and, you know, kind of warns him. And he kind of ignores her and still goes anyway. He's like, oh, because that was like, what, two years later? Um, I think it was three. Like, it, his friends, like, he's talking to somebody on the phone, like one of his friends, I guess. He's like, yeah, I know it's been three years, but I got to know. I got to find out. I'm like, damn. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So he he goes into this house and uh eventually he gets attacked by the family and that's where we get that iconic scene where they're all sitting around like it's the last supper or whatever uh and you're eating all this rotten food and possibly, you know, humans because based off of the DLC it kind of looks like a bunch of people came there and things happened uh along the way. Yeah. So that they're possibly eating people <laughs> as well. Um, then you have like the, you know, the other side story about Mia, uh, and, and the company that is doing, uh, the series D or the Evelyn virus is called connections, right? The connections. Yeah. Yeah. And the connections, you find out that Mia is like working on it with other scientists and stuff. And she's like the handler of Evelyn and Evelyn kind of like grows fond of her and starts calling her mommy. <laughs> yep, and it, it's it's a little weird when it comes to that because a lot of evil entities that are like childlike, <laughs> they're all like mommy, and then you know eventually they try to get Ethan to become daddy <laughs> and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting. Um, but Jack Jack Baker in his fucking game was amazing. <laughs> his his person yeah. his personality is funny. Uh the battles that you have with him is great, especially the garage. <laughs> the garage and the, the chainsaw duel. You have a fucking chainsaw duel with this guy. Yes. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like that that whole garage scene is what really sets the tone for the game. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get out of there, and he's like, Woo, let's go for a ride, boy. And he's like, Punching the fucking window. <laughs> he's like, We're gonna have some fun. He's like, Trying to run, run you into like a bunch of fucking rebar and shit. Mm -hmm. And you barely dodge it. And then, like, you think he's dead because he looks like he gets impaled, but he's not dead. And then he grabs your gun. He's like, Come on, fucking finish me, boy. And he like shoots himself with your gun. <laughs> and he's like, He's just like, Fuck. Because, like, what other reaction would you have, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> and that's that kind of sets the tone for this this whole game. Is uh, That and the cop. That, that fucking scene always cracks me up when the deputy shows up. And he's like, you got to get me out of here, man. There's there's crazy people. And he's like, hold on, slow down. Who are you? Are you do you live in this house? He's like, no, I'm trying to tell you. I don't live here. <laughs> and he's just like, you got to give me your gun. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? I kind of work. Yeah, I kind of wonder if like if that was just like Japanese people writing that and thought it was like <laughs> like a, a a natural thing that would happen where cops would give uh, civilian guns because they're in dangerous situations. Uh, <laughs> but like when he first said, I'm like, oh, that's not happening. <laughs> the, I guess I can excuse it because he's just so addled because he's been abducted and he got made to eat much possible human meat. And he's creeped out, so mm. he's just not—he's not on his A game mentally right now. <laughs> but he gives him that little fold-up knife. He's like fucking pocket knife. <laughs> it always cracks me up. Yeah, I, and, and the thing that was outrageous to me about Ethan is like when Mia attacks him, right? When he when he finally finds her, um, and clearly you could tell that something's going on with her, uh, and. You know, you get to one part and she fucking cuts your hand off. 
Yeah. And, and Ethan still wants to help her. <laughs> like, I would have been like, all right, I can clearly see that you don't want me. I'm out. <laughs> Let me get my hand back, but I'm out. Yeah. So, like, that's that stuff kind of, like, I rolled my eyes, but I'm like, this is just, it's cheesy, and I like it. This is what Resnil is all about. You have your serious and your horror and your survival horror and all that stuff, but then you're always going to get that cheesiness, which, you know, welcome to the family, son. And then, like, you bet he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> He's not hating it, Jack. He's not hating it. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I guess in this, I, I'm not really sure what the status of their relationship is at the time, but I, I guess he was intending to marry her. So, yeah. That's like, well, I mean, that's your your wife, I guess, more or less. So, I, would you. Would you go to some abandoned fucking town when your dead wife writes you a letter? I guess you. Would she send you a fucking recording after she's been missing for so long? Would you go try to find her? I'd probably call the police. <laughs> Listen, we all know the police are gonna do shit like this guy did. This deputy guy. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's he a pocket knife. His, he wouldn't even give him his gun. <laughs> By the way, rest in peace to Ethan's car. He had a sick-ass car, and it got destroyed in this game. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It looks like an old fucking Challenger or something, I like to think. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jack Baker's great in this game. Something I noticed when I was playing through again recently for this uh, this review um, was, like, I was I felt a lot more tension from him chasing me than like any of the other characters in these newer games. Yeah, like when Lady like, Lady D and and Mister X and all that stuff. Like Mister X is a little is a little scarier than Lady D. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with Lady D is she's too slow. If the, she were faster, I think it would be scarier. By the way, I'm watching this video of MK Ice and Fire. I didn't know that yeah. shit was in that fireplace. The fuck? The steroids? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, did you did you not do the little picture treasure hunt things? No. Oh, that's that's how you get that, that's how you get uh Ethan to turn to Scott Steiner. Oh, really? <laughs> he, that's how he gets he gets steroids every time you do the little I mean, I think you get something else one other time, but usually that leads to you finding steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Which increases your max health. Mm-hmm. It enables Ethan to not be fat anymore. <laughs> He's fat! He's fat! Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to bring up because of the video right now. Um, another thing that I like that they brought back is like these themed fucking doors that you need to find skis for, uh, uh, keys for, like the scorpion key or the raven key. Yeah, that's that's kind of the whole other whole thing about this game is like the design and stuff is like they really kind of took it back to where it started. It's like a return to form. It's like you have more purposefully designed locations and spaces like how it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like that thing before where uh you remember the whole layout of the mansion, right? You can you could draw a map of that right now if somebody asked you to, probably. Uh, you could do the same thing for the police station. Everybody remembers the police station. Mm-hmm. You'll remember the Baker house, the, the Baker property, because it's all designed like that. 
Yeah. Uh, it it kind of helps that it's not as sprawling like the different houses and buildings are, but the whole property is sprawling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like you remember the the guest house. You're gonna remember the main house, the the uh, the old house that Marguerite mostly occupies, the the gar- the greenhouse, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. The lot house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll really remember the salt mines. That's kind of like the only one that's not very memorable because a lot of it looks the same. It's just you're in a fucking cave. Like, yeah. <laughs> And that's not really like me criticizing it, saying it sucks. It's just like, you know, there's always going to be one spot that's not memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I I but, think I think what disappoints me, like, listen, like the family's great. When you encounter every last one of them, like uh, Jack, Marguerite, and uh, Lucas and all that stuff, it's interesting. I love the theme. I mean, Lucas is more of like the, jigs- the jigsaw. Lucas's house too is another one that's like you're gonna remember that area as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack Baker, uh, who's just like this never-ending threat that's always keeps on coming, uh, especially in one of the download contents. Um, <laughs> and uh, where was I going with this? Shit, I had a thought and then it went. <laughs> you had you had a criticism somewhere in here. Oh yeah, the, the things that I didn't like was the enemies. Um, I didn't like the mold enemies at all. Um, I will give them credit where credits due. They did change that in the in the download content where I appreciated the mold monsters after playing DLC, but they should have been in the main game of what we saw on the uh, DLC because the mold monsters like the the original. Uh, the starting mold monsters are kind of like your zombies. They had like a liquor type that was like a an all fours and stuff that was fast. And then you had like the blow up ones and all that stuff. And I just thought that was unoriginal for me. I, I didn't really dig it that much. It's yeah, it's probably a weakness in this game is the, the enemy monster design. There's not a lot of variation to it, especially for a while at first. Mm-hmm. It's like you have... You got Jack Baker who stalks you in the main house for a while. Uh, and then you, when you go to the basement, that's when you encounter your first mold monster. Mm-hmm. Which is, and this kind of plays into that uh, trope that Resident Evil got stuck in for a while where they wanted to have these enemies that were just like these fleshy, amorphous fucking blob enemies. <laughs> that they're, they're not there's no real distinct feature to them other than there's some kind of blob or <laughs> flesh uh but they'll have different forms or something which you'll see later in the game there they have some different forms uh there's like a mold monster with a shield yeah and there's a mold monster that jumps at you uh and that's kind of it that's the only ones you really encounter in the main game there's other stuff though. There's like the bugs when you go in the, oh, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. house. The the bugs which you have to like build a shitty flamethrower to like destroy their nests so you can navigate the house. Which is you know that's something that sounds like you do in an old Resident Evil game. <laughs> uh, 
what other enemies are there? I think that's kind of it, other than like when you get stalked. Yeah. Uh, and the boss fights that you have. Yeah, that uh, I, that that's what kind of like annoyed me a little bit is just like you're you're facing against these big enemies, which again I like. I think all of them had their great moments, uh, especially you know with their whole theme. Like Marguerite was the bu- bug monster lady. Uh, that she's was, creepy. Yeah. I'd argue she's the creepiest out of all of them. Yeah, because Jack has more of a personality and like is very fond of you. Marguerite just wants you to eat her food. Damn it! <laughs> like Marguerite has a personality. She's she's very upset. Yes, and angry. <laughs> she's upset all the time. And and Lucas, uh, which you know, backstory wise, like he was in trouble with the law before. Evelyn came and pretty much destroyed his family. That's why he gets like sick and twisted like Jigsaw and puts people through these uh, Jigsaw type of uh, games and shit. Yeah. Um, I will say that the mold creatures by themselves, like the base one, like when you go in this basement and it's full of these things, like that's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're kind of creepy because they don't, they're, they sway and they have kind of unpredictable movements uh, where the way they'll move, then all of a sudden they'll go this way and they'll lunge at you or they'll, they'll stretch their limbs and you don't really expect that. You still can't really predict it exactly. Mm. Even when you play the game a bunch. Uh, and and you, could, you really could, I uh, mean, obviously here when, you know, the mold monsters on the ground, but when it's standing and it's just sponging your fucking bullets, which I, uh, I was playing on normal. It takes about five or six uh, handgun uh, bullets to take the enemy down. And it, again, just like the predictability of where it's swaying. Because other games, like you learn, like, I need to save my ammo, so I need to get around this enemy and not shoot. It's hard in this game. You literally it's have tough. To, you literally have to find the right frames and pixels to get around the, the mold monsters. So I guess... That's kind of a plus in a way if you want challenge. Plus, if you're in a hallway, like some of these cramped spaces, like if you're going to be watching the footage, uh, they'll take up a hallway and you're not going to be able to get past them. You're trapped. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of big too. That's the other thing. Unless there's those little small ones that you can kill really easily, but they're fast. Yeah, they could gangbang you. That's a they certain... can. <laughs> if you get cornered. <laughs> uh, but... If you aim at the head of the molded, uh, that's like their weak spot. That's the problem, though, is being able to hit it because that's the hardest spot to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even with like a handgun, if you if you can land, usually about three, three to four handgun shots at the head, they usually die instantly. But yeah, uh, I agree though. That's that's kind of the lack of different monsters or creatures is a weakness in this game but it's not a major one just because the, the rest of the game's so good mm-hmm. it balances it's not like out a, it's, it's it's not like resident evil revelations which is just kind of like it's pretty good yeah because <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like i was saying this this is like a throwback game in terms of like the design and stuff they have like the memorable locations they have like weird puzzles they have like these weird puzzles where you get like an object and you're supposed to create like a shadow on a painting a certain way and that opens a fucking secret passage in their house yeah <laughs> i've actually watched uh people that normally 
don't play Resident Evil games. They're just like, why would this be in here and and open this door? And I'm just like, oh man, you haven't played Resident Evil. <laughs> like, like this is what makes Resident Evil games is all these wacky things. Like, imagine Resident Evil Two in this museum uh, that is a police station. <laughs> And you have all these rooms with different keys, and you have to get gold uh, medallions to like open up a passage. We love that. Like that's 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 yeah. what what makes Resident Evil uh, great, in my opinion. I always said if I ever like won the lottery or something, or we got a lot of money, I would like design a new house and I'd put weird fucking secret passages in it like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I will give it credit at least to. Uh, the old games where they kind of try to explain why there's weird fucking puzzles and passages. Like, you know, the first game they said, Oh, George Trevor was contracted by Oswell Spencer to, to make it because he liked weird spy shit like that. Mm -hmm. And he's an eccentric billionaire or something. So that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, then RE2, uh, they blamed it more on chief irons for being a weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) It's and like I, he he utilized all the old museum shit that was still there, but he also was a weirdo who had secrets, so he, he created a bunch of shit to hide shit from everybody. And plus, he was getting paid by Umbrella, so like, oh, we're going to do this stuff in the underground laboratory under your fucking police station, so buy this property. <laughs> but you know, here in RE7, it doesn't, there really isn't a very good explanation for that here. <laughs> no, not... they, they just throw shit at you. Like, Lucas is the only one that... that it's like, but he wouldn't do that throughout the whole property. He wouldn't create weird shadow puppet puzzles and shit. He likes to make Saul shit where you're like, oh, you tripped a wire. It's like, guess which door, dumbass? And then you pick the wrong. He's like, that was the wrong door. You got shot with like a crossbow bolt or something. <laughs> or you play blackjack and your fucking fingers are getting cut off. <laughs> you play blackjack and the other guy dies and he just starts like weakened and burning him and he's like i thought i was done he's like you're not done yet (laughs) but uh yeah uh you know what's funny though is like i've noticed uh you know when this game came out and it uh i had kind of a somewhat similar reaction to you when i played it i i I was i had a delayed reaction to it at first i was like this is better than what i thought it was gonna be it was pretty good Mm -hmm. and then that was kind of it uh, but then when I played it again, I, I liked it, appreciated it a lot more. Uh, but I noticed some people, like in the fandom, they don't like this game. And you, sometimes it's for really dumb reasons. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, I, want, I want to fix camera back. Like, you're never getting that. That's not come. That's not going to come back. But thankfully, there's an emerging market for games like that, so you'll be able to get that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, like... It's for the first person reason. It's for the, it's not the fixed camera. Some people say it's, some people say it's flat out, not a resident evil game. And I've never heard them explain that, (laughs) but I I posit this question to you. Is it a resident evil game? Yes. (laughs) And and it's mainly because they still do kind of link everything to the main story, even though not using main story. Uh, they also have, you know, we just explained most of it is that the puzzles has that, uh, the inventory system is similar with some tweaks to it where you could have that quick, you know, uh, equipping option of the guns. 
the uh the saving you have save rooms that are back again that are yep. great and the atmosphere itself of being creepy in this house and stuff so like it has the ingredients and this is what I really hate about like certain series and fandoms, whether it be movies or TV or games, is when it's not sticking. And I, I'm at fault for thinking that, especially, you know, because a lot of people love Resident Evil 4. And I was one of those people who are like, oh, this is not Resident Evil. So I, I totally used to be in that crowd. Uh, but come on, like the Ethan Winters, uh, I will say at least in Resident Evil 7, was kind of interesting with Evelyn and Mia and the Bakers and this, you know, the connections and Blue Umbrella. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that here in a bit. But I, it's like I, I was saying this, and I was sticking up for this game after I played it initially when, mm. when it had just come out. I was saying, like, I don't understand how people don't like this game that claim that they're fans of the series or whatever, or they say, ooh, it's not a Resident Evil game. When I'm like, this is this game has more in common with the older games, and I would argue is more of a a a classic style Resident Evil game than any other game's been since after Resident Evil Four came out. I so, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw this at you and tell me what you think. I think a lot of people now keep in mind. I know a lot of Resident Evil fans are like, no, we want a linear linear experience. But a lot of people in the gaming world have been playing open world games, right? Where everything, there's a lot of shit to do. There's a lot of quests. Do you think people were thinking that they were going to get this big world of Resident Evil that they were going to explore? No, I don't, I don't really think anybody had expectations like that for it. I think, uh, I don't know what people really did expect. I guess there was a, a subsect of the fans... Because again, this fandom's like pretty divided on opinions and stuff. <clears throat> you had some fans that thought, "Oh, we'll get a follow up to Resident Evil Six, and it'll be like that," and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then you have you have people that like Resident Evil Four a lot, and Five and Six are mechanically similar to Four, but they're not like Four. I mean, we can agree on that, right? Yeah. Uh, the only thing it has in common is just the mechanics. Uh, then you got the old school fans that don't want anything unless it's fixed camera and shit. I will say majority of the old school fans like me and you were kind of like, oh, this is interesting. This is a new, this is the, the direction that we could possibly fall in on. Uh, and then you have the, yeah, obviously the, the hardcore fixed camera and, you know, still want to have PS2 graphics or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to call us true fans. I'm going to do some gatekeeping here. True fans of this series will play every game in it. And they'll follow the series through all the changes. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll appreciate the roots of it and want the games to be, like, the, as much as they can be, like, the roots of it. Yeah. That's why it's like, I don't like when it got real far out in the weeds in this crazy action shit. I still really like Resident Evil 4 because I respect it just as a complete game Mm. it's very good and it has some atmosphere to it but yeah this one went back to like the og in terms of like the feeling and the design and all that yeah um i let's i want to bring this up because this links to story 
uh and i guess we could talk about this character so when you're in this game right uh especially in the beginning before mia attacks you and cuts off your arm or hand um you get a, a mysterious phone call uh and i will say in the beginning i thought this was like ada calling or whatever like what are you doing in there i i see you and I, and automatically i thought this house was being monitored by umbrella and somehow ada wong was part of it but no uh, this character is the daughter uh, of the Bakers uh, named Zoe. And she kind of helps you to the point where she needs to be saved in a certain area part of the property. And I, the writing on this kind of... I was like, why is she mad? So there's a point in the game where they uh, Ethan gets an antidote. He had to use it, but then he had uh, one more left. And he, he uh, rescued Mia and had Zoe there at the same time. And only he could give it to one person. Uh, I chose Mia because obviously the whole reason why I went out into this crazy fucking property is to get her. So I'm bringing her home. Uh, that, that, and of every, I've never done the other way around. I've always done I this. did. I did the first time I played it. <laughs> I chose Zoe. And I was like, hang on. Because you thought like, oh, is this Ada? Is there somebody monitoring it? As soon as I heard that. That syrupy, sweet southern accent, I was suckered in. Because <laughs> somebody, somebody else did a southern accent well in voice acting, and that's one of the hardest ones to do. <laughs> and but, I was like, oh boy, I like her. I like her attitude. <laughs> but the dialogue in that, like, I guess she's upset that, like, obviously the only antidote that was there she can't have, and, you know, she's going to possibly die. So I get she's, like, kind of upset on that. She kind of gives an attitude to fucking Ethan where he's like, she's mad that he chose his, his wife. Even though she said, I understand what you did, but she still gets like, there ain't gonna be no help around here. Like, I'll be gone. I mean, to her, I mean, yeah, she's probably gonna die and there is no help, you know? And I get it. I understand her perspective too, because it's like, especially after you play the... uh Lost footage, the band footage. End of Zoe. Of her. Yeah. It, it, well, in the band footage, when you play her thing, yeah, you realize she's been on this property surviving, dodging everybody that's been looking for her for like months. Mm-hmm. She's, somehow she's been surviving on that property for months. Yeah. Uh, and she had a chance to escape by helping Ethan, and she was helping him. And it was like, well, she went all that effort to help him and she didn't really get anything out of it. (laughs) She's the one that told him about the serum and all that other stuff. So I get why she would be upset. Yeah. Uh, So I don't really think it's bad writing. I just think it's. No, no, I I wasn't saying it's bad writing. I just think it was like fucking, (laughs) it was outrageous. Cause I, this, this is one of the games where I kind of like talked to, uh, to the characters, even though they couldn't hear me. Uh, like Mia, like ah, ah, bitch! I I came all the way here and you fucking cut my arm off. Fuck you, bitch! And <laughs> and I could, maybe I should have picked Zoe for her cutting my fucking hand off. But like at the same time, I'm like, no, I I know you're normal now. Uh, so <laughs> like, you know, I'm gonna choose you because you know I came here for you. And I I feel like with the time, uh, like even though Zoe did help us. And I appreciate with Zoe helping us. Uh, but at the same time, I'm choosing who I love. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to love Zoe. There you go. 
but it's okay because they fix it later. Yes. <laughs> Which means choosing me as the canon one. Yeah, well, choosing me as the canon one anyway, because yeah. eight and everything. Oh, now now he's in the old house. My, I guess it's probably my second favorite area in the game. Yes. <laughs> um. Let's uh, see. The do you want what else did you want? Do you want to go over anything else in the story of characters? Uh, well, characters wise, I think we touched up on um a lot. Uh, before we get into the DLC. I just wanted to bring up some things in the main story. Um, when we get into the salt mine, I, the ending felt rushed. Do you think the ending felt rushed a little bit? I think it. there was an element of it getting rushed a little bit when you get in the, the mine area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, then you end up in the final showdown deal, which I thought was okay after you got to that point. And it was a different boss fight, too. Yeah. You can't really... I guess that's another thing, is, like, these bosses, they're all pretty different in how you fight them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that one was more like a an event than a, a fight, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because usually uh, in Resident Evil games, when you know there's a boss, you get that, you know, health uh, line and stuff, and you you know you're in a boss battle. This one... You get into a room and like Margarita is like this fucking praying mantis thing, like going through each like window like a bug, and that's that's the boss battle. Then um, you know you have Jack, who's like the you have to hit the fuck me lights pretty much. Yeah, when he mutates more later, yeah, yeah. Um, the I will say Evelyn at the end disappointed me, um, because it literally is like. You, you put the, the antidote in her, and she's like, why does everybody hate me? And, like, she turns into this big blob mold thing, and you literally just have to shoot, and she knocks you out of the house, and then you hear a mysterious voice that goes, Pick that up! Pick it up! And then you... <laughs> and, then, and then you see the, 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 the gun, and then you shoot it, and then she dies, and then she crumbles. So I, I felt that was like anticlimactic as far as like a final boss, but it was still good to see, but not challenging. Yeah. I couldn't remember it very well from when I first played it. And like when I did it again this time recently, I was like, I thought there was a little bit more to this, but I guess there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, well, <laughs> just like it's a little disappointing. But again, the game's so good, it's it's not too bad of a you know, negative, yeah. I think. Uh, what do you think about the twist with, with Evelyn, where the the creepy grandma in the house the whole time, where it's like you'll, you're playing through the game, and then, like, randomly you'll find the grandma in the wheelchair that looks at you no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, her head's turned looking at you, or she'll, her head will follow you. And you can never shoot her. Um, you can't shoot her, and she never says anything. She'll end up in just... Random parts of the house, wheelchair bound. She'll end up in the fucking basement somehow. <laughs> the second floor. <laughs> uh, it turned out the whole time that was Evelyn. Mm. What do you think about that? Did that did that swerve you the first time you played? Or? It it swerved me, but I had like uh, it was kind of a little bit predictable in a way, just because of the odd places the grandma would be. 
<laughs> and I just been like, what's up with her? What up? What up with Gam Gam going around here and just sitting in corners and shit? And like, we... I would, yeah. I was just gonna say, I admit it got me though the first time I played. It. I was like, what? Yeah. Really? <laughs> now, what literally got me, like that, shocked me is was seeing, you know, taking off the helmet and it's Chris Redfield in a fucking umbrella logo fucking helicopter. And he's totally redesigned again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks totally different again. He's off, he's off the Steiner med, pretty much. He got... Yeah, and I think they kind of, like, de decanonized this appearance with, with Village. <laughs> Dude, the, the, so, the theories were wild about that, by the way, because they're just like, oh, he's a clone. <laughs> it's a clone of Chris Redfield that Umbrella did. Yeah, the fan base went like full ham with these insane fucking theories, like about like this is a Chris, this is a clone, this is a, this is Honk. He's just saying he's Chris, uh, and so on, and so forth. Yeah, <laughs> just like no, dude, they just redesigned him. It's like that whole argument I got in with the fan base before, where they're they're like, remember when everybody was saying like they made all the female characters ugly in the remakes. Mm -hmm which is like fucking stupid. It's like, I don't know, go touch grass or something. Like what, why, <laughs> what do you want? You want to go look like little anime girls? I don't understand. Big titties. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I told somebody like, listen, no character's appearance has changed more in any of these games than Claire Redfield. Every single game, her facial features change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's different even every time. Even in like 3D movies and shit, her her features change. It's like it happens. It's very, the only character that's really been like really Leon. consistent has been Leon, mm -hmm. and I guess Jill. She's been fairly consistent too. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that was. I remember that being real surprising, and I, I still remember when he tossed the gun down. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this a samurai edge? <laughs> and then it said Albert 03. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then it shot like laser bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it killed that giant monster. And I was like, uh, what the hell? Like, there a lot happened in that ending that was just raising more questions than answering anything. I wonder if a lot of things got cut in that last level because I feel like the boss battle could have been something and like had that 801 moment of like dropping that big weapon yeah i don't especially after reading everything i read i don't think anything was cut from it i think they had the intention of i guess that dlc coming out to fill the holes because that dlc the chris dlc not a hero was free uh you didn't have to pay for that initially mm. which was cool by the way that was that was pretty uh generous of them uh and we'll get into that shortly, I think, because I'm not real sure what else to say about the story and the characters. I mean, Ethan came to this property and the Evelyn was on a ship and the connections and that all kind of spilled over into the property and she controlled, gained control of the family and crazy shit happens. The, the story is not very complex in this game. It's kind of like the old ones in that way, too. Yeah, and... I think this is where Capcom, and we'll get into it when we, you know, replay Resident Evil Village in, in the third person, but I think this is where 
Capcom needs to take like a step back instead of just doing like mainline story characters where you're trying to like shoehorn like Chris Redfield and all the other characters and stuff. What if they just did like an anthology of people in this universe, right? Like you go to these different stories of like what's happening to like survivors. I, I think that would be interesting uh, if they could do that kind of did that for a, a few times like you know when they initially did two like re2 had like two different characters that weren't connected to anything it was just resident evil 2 and it just takes place in the, the city this time yeah and except they changed it later because they felt like well we got to have some kind of connection so that's when they they changed out elza for claire mm-hmm. and uh you know re3 had jill whatever but, but they uh, st- but they still connected it somehow like uh, Claire is like trying to find her brother, which is from the first game. So it still had that like mainline connection, even though that was like the first two games that came out. I'm yeah. ta- I'm talking on a sense like nothing connects. Like you're at a I don't know a Chuck E. Cheese and like fucking zombies come out of nowhere. <laughs> that's that's an argument people come up with for this game not being a Resident Evil game. Mm. Uh, is that it's the least connected to it out of any of them. And I like that. <laughs> I like it too, but like they still connected it. That was the thing. Yeah. Like, that, at the end of the day, they did. So it's like, there's still connective tissue there and that's fine. I think there should be connective tissue in a series of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it doesn't have to be super interconnected. We're like, this is setting up the next game and what happens like a MCU thing. Because they didn't really do that except for in the early days, and they disappointed everybody because they fucking skipped the the, the climax everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think they'll ever do that now. Like, I, I, I was thinking stupid galaxy brain ideas. Like, you know, if they really wanted to, like, stroke everybody off and get on everybody's good side with all this remake stuff, they remake Code Veronica, and then they go into it in this side universe where they've kind of rebooted the series a little bit Mm -hmm. go ahead and give them that game that everybody always thought would happen where they they take umbrella down uh but i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) so what is so i mean i guess we can get into like the uh dlc because they kind of do explain it a little bit but like blue umbrella is now like kind of good but still bad at the same time I don't think they're bad. Uh, it, according to the documentation you find and everything, mm. uh, apparently Blue Umbrella is the old Umbrella Corporation. Like what was left of it out of, you know, like the, the remaining members after everybody fucked off and got indicted or whatever. Mm. And they're like, and they felt bad that this shit happened in their corporation that they didn't know about, I guess. <laughs> and they're like, well, we're going to dedicate our corporation now to fighting biohazards and bioterrorism. And we're going to create technology to help do that. So they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris is, doesn't trust them like that. That's made clear in the not a hero DLC. He's kind of mistrustful of them. And I don't blame him, I guess. Yeah. Because he's been dealing with all this garbage since game <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. So who who could blame him, right? But uh, I mean, they he gave them all they gave him all his technology and weaponry and shit. It fucking works because like Chris, comparatively speaking, 
is a pretty overpowered character compared to like what Ethan can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's got way better guns and shit. Yeah, and that whole team is like just better equipped. But um, their helmets and shit—they <laughs> have like visors and stuff. Yeah, they have like all these filters, and there's like fucking lights and stuff. And Night vision. you have to find some. You have to find some of that stuff because Chris just doesn't have it for some reason. But uh, yeah, basically at the in the Night of Hero, like Chris has to track down uh, Lucas, who was a you know, a loose thread when the game was over initially, like Lucas just that, that never got tied up and it's like, Oh, okay. So then you're kind of like searching for this guy and you're fighting molded and stuff. And it's a little more actiony. Like Chris also punches the fuck out of monsters, which is great. Yeah. But kept the punching and he, he murders people with his bare hands. I, I feel (laughs) bad for his team. Because like every time like he would give it, like get to one of his teammates like I'm gonna help you I'm gonna help you and like Lucas would like take off his helmet and be like ha bitch bomb and like that would get blown up or one of them would be tied to like the machine and like the head would get chopped off uh, yep. and it's I was like man I mean this is literally kind of like saw <laughs> like it's more 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 saw shit and he was setting it all up to like make Chris mad and cause him to fuck up and get killed at some point or whatever and the story is like um lucas was not being controlled by evelyn anymore um and he was like dealing with scientists with the mold and stuff and he like pretty much fucked them because he's gone insane at this point yeah like i guess they gave him some kind of like agent or something that would break their her control over him or something Mm -hmm. and and yeah in exchange for that he was just supposed to monitor the situation oh oh i i I gotta bring this up from the main story uh what did you think of the the like the force ghost talking to jack baker oh yeah it's like that's the paranormal thing that i kind of rolled my eyes a little bit about where I was like, yeah. I was like, this is lame. I, like, I get what they're trying to say. I think this should have been like a VHS tape where it sh- obviously it does show you in the DLC that they were normal at one point and being helping of Evelyn. Uh, but at the same point, I didn't need to be like in this force ghost realm and stuff. Be like, I ain't a bad guy. Margarita's not a bad woman. <laughs> we don't like to kill. <laughs> like, it's so lame. Yeah, it's it. It's really strange. It's like one the only scene in the game that comes off kind of odd. Mm. And like I still am not real sure like what it is or how to justify it. I guess I like to think that Ethan's having like a fucking fever dream. Yeah. After he's been like covered in mold and choked out or something. Mm. <laughs> and it's just this is that's literally just him having a weird almost death fever dream. Because, I mean, at this point, he's picked up various scraps of paper, and he does know that these people used to not be crazy. He knows mm-hmm. that now. And then Zoe, like, you know, she tells him. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was just him thinking, like, you know, damn, these guys are victims too, I guess. That, that was playing out in his head. And Marguerite wasn't present either. That's another thing that's kind of weird mm-hmm. about it. Like, Zoe's there. Jack's there. But they're the only two that are there. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, Lucas is more hateable anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing is in this game, as you're playing Chris and you're trying to chase him down, it's like, it makes you fucking want to get this guy. Yes. So, like, they got that going for him, too. I, I, I will say, um, Lucas' final boss battle felt like a final boss battle. That felt more like a traditional RE boss battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does that make up for the the Evelyn, you know, boss event? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, now it does because this is the first time I'm playing the DLC. So, like, yeah. it does save it in a way. Because I feel like that's that's the ending for real is, like, when Chris cleans up and it's over. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to say the end of Zoe is the real ending now. <laughs> I think they, I think they get both their closures, so I you could combine endings together. Sure, I think so too. I mean, I can't. I don't know why you would play this game and not get the gold edition or download the DLC. Because um, mm-hmm. it's all. I was, that's another thing I was going to point out. This is like the. They didn't really have DLC for RE6. It was all just like st- stupid costumes and shit for mm-hmm. like, you know, playing the verses or whatever. Uh, and like RE5 had story based DLC, you know, it had the Desperate Escape and the Lost in Nightmares. Ha ha. Ha But yeah, and then like the Revelations games, they didn't really have DLC either. I mean, I guess Revelations 2 was technically a DLC driven game. <laughs> but yeah, not not like this where they expand on the game's story and stuff. Yeah. Uh so that's I, I liked that aspect of it though. Yeah. Um, I guess since we're talking about not a hero, I guess we can combine since we talked about Zoe. So I guess let's dive into some end of Zoe. Uh, probably one of the most silly fucking DLC I ever played, uh, as far as like the like like connecting storylines, but it's so fucking awesome at the same time. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like, well, uh, it's like all of a sudden there's there's another Baker fucking relative you didn't know about, Joe Baker, mm-hmm. who's I guess he's uh, older Jack's brother, younger is younger older brother. I can't tell because fucking Joe's beard and shit is like super white, and like scruffy. But I, I considered him the older. I was, I thought he was younger for some reason, but I'm not sure. You might be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he gets attacked by a mold guy or some shit, and he he's like flips out and just murders it. <laughs> and then like those people. The the blue umbrella people people are like on his property and he fucking captures one. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you doing out here?" And it's like he's interrogating him and shit. And then, it's, uh, oh, it's like it's like nonchalant, like, "Oh man, my family's not talking to me. I gotta go check this." Kind of like what Ethan did. Like he went to go check on the family, uh, and then. Uh, you would think, like, weapon-wise, like, you would have a gun, but no, you have just your fist. <laughs> you're just going around punching mold monsters, and then when you get to swamp areas, you're, like, getting, like, uh, spears of, like, <laughs> like stakes and stuff, and you're throwing it at the alligators, because that's another enemy. Uh, and then you have this one, like, main, kind of like a, a Mr. X type of person that's following you. 
uh, and fighting with you and going after Zoe. Uh, and it's Jack Baker again. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like what's left of him, I guess, after you fight the giant version of him. Mm-hmm. I guess he gets on a mold corpse somehow and he mutates into that thing, which you can't tell it's him at first. Yes. Uh, actually, I I I saw someone do like an, uh, analyzing it. By the way, because uh, after I played, I was like, I wanted to hear what other people are uh, talking about it, and and someone compared from the main game on how uh, Jack Baker grabs you by the face and turns you and punches as the same animation as the enemy in End of Zoe. So that was a nice yeah. nice touch. It does, yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that much before. <laughs> uh, I like to think, my theory is, Joe Baker is some kind of war veteran or something. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's also a literal swamp person. Because <laughs> they are in the bayou, and he literally lives in like some fucking shack that he, it looks like he built himself out in the bayou. <laughs> and he has nothing. He has no phone. He, he, it seems like he's got electricity out there. But he has no phone, no TV, no no nothing. Uh, he doesn't even have guns. Yeah. You unlock guns after you beat the game, then you can have guns. <laughs> My favorite thing throughout that whole thing is, like, Umbrella. <laughs> umbrella, which has guns and shit, right? And then there's yeah. like, oh, man, we got to bring this, like, power glove with us because it might be useful at some point. But it's useful for Joe Baker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like what's this and he picks it up and he's like oh yeah this will work <laughs> but I, I was like this guy I think Joe Baker's been through some shit and he retreated into the swamp mm-hmm. and he, he also knows he lives away from everybody too it's kind of like Rambo where he just yeah. came back from the war he's like I don't want to be in, in civilization I'm just going to be in the swamp yeah. And he's super paranoid and shit too. It's like he doesn't trust anybody. He doesn't. He doesn't trust government. Like when he had one of the umbrella guys, like take off my handcuffs. Uh, well, I'm doing like southern accent for the umbrella guy. Take off my handcuffs. I'll show you our camp. Like, I don't trust you. <laughs> you just go kill me. <laughs> I don't trust the feds. It's just yeah. like yeah. So that that made me think like oh Joe Bay- Joe Baker has been in some kind of war and he's been he's felt slighted by the United States government. And I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I identify with him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's the tone is kind of silly in it, but like it's fun and it's different, so it doesn't matter. It's like all of a sudden there's like stealth mechanics. You stealth kill these fucking things, yeah, and he kills you, punch him and shit, kill him with your bare hands. <laughs> it's like this guy's who is this guy? He's fucking badass. It's like, <laughs> I wanted more of him, uh, which I kind of wish they brought him in village somehow. I, I, it's like a what side. If they did a, what if they did a whole game like that? Like, what would that be? I, I, I would love it. Capcom, if you're hearing this, if you want to continue somehow, bring Joe Baker back for uh, Resident Evil 9. There's Marguerite when she turns into the creepy fucking bug lady. Dude, that, 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 that fight scene was terrifying. Is yeah, it's really disturbing. It's disturbing on a lot of levels. It felt like Blair Witch. I I don't know how to like say it, but like when you go into the house in Blair Witch, and then you're like, the only thing you have is the light in front of you because of your flashlight. Like that freaked me out. 
that's you know that's something i didn't get to touch on in the design stuff in this game was uh if you really notice it too when you go from re7 to re8 there's like this whole found footage kind of theme aspect to the game in seven mm-hmm. you know you find the vhs tapes and shit and then you play as like you know the camera guy and stuff and if you notice when you play re7 there's kind of like this weird filter mm-hmm. over over the game even when you're playing as ethan it that's almost kind of like you're watching a found footage thing yeah and that's not present in eight and I kind of feel like a little bit something's lost there. Like, cause they, they had something with that. That was kind of interesting. You know, you said like the VHS tapes are kind of like files. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of a replacement, like for those more lengthy files. And it's like, you get to just do a playable segment or something. Well, Capcom always does this thing, right? When they strike gold, they always like try to like milk it to the too extreme. Um, and like, look at Resident Evil in the early days, like Resident Evil one, two, three, and then it jumps to four and then five where all these main characters are part of like these organizations now that are fighting umbrella. Like it's, it, it, there's a bigger picture to it and like Resident Evil village, uh, coming off of this is like another bigger picture moment where I'm just like, yeah, but you lost the atmosphere now where it gets, it kind of like Ethan goes from this terror, uh, horror type of setting to a fantasy setting. That's still kind of horror, but more thriller than horror. Yeah. Like eight's still got some kind of atmosphere to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Something's lost from going from seven to eight. I mean, besides just on the face of it being more scary it just is yeah uh i guess spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah but it's also got in the different modes like in the 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 different characters you get to play as in this game uh chris there's a different feeling when you're playing chris there's more like this desperation uh, i gotta get this guy kind of feeling and you feel like you're you're fairly well equipped to do it it's just a matter of finally getting him and outsmarting him mm-hmm. and then when you play as joe baker it's like this kind of weird cheese the cheese you're talking about elements there and it's almost like they made another barry character except he's like this badass redneck guy <laughs> and <laughs> And that's that's another thing is like everybody that played this DLC they really liked it they spoke very highly of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I've never heard anybody say they didn't like it. No, uh, I think and, the I I think the only thing that like they I guess can kind of get criticism but it's kind of like why am I going to criticize it? It's just more is the band footage where yeah you know. Like, it does explain some story. Like, I think it's interesting that we see Zoe, Zoe's, Zoe's uh, point of view. Zoeyberg's uh, point of view. <laughs> Zoeyberg. <laughs> uh, but, like, seeing Zoe, especially when Evelyn, uh, because, like, a hurricane come, came through, right? Not the wrestler, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the, they, like, explain the hurricane, and then, like, the whole scene where... Uh, Mia and Ethan are on the, on the boat and seeing the, the big-ass fucking ship in the swamp was cool. Yeah. 
that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing with the band footage is I, I like because it it expands on the story some more. Some of it's just extra little playable bits, mm-hmm. and you get to see like more of these characters. Like you know when you're Clancy and you're in the bedroom and Marguerite's trying to feed. It's more just more of that character who's like I said was arguably the creepiest character in this game. And it's just in a different kind of scenario where she's not like the psycho bug monster lady she turns into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just her normal self, which is still fucking unsettling and creepy. Yeah, you're like strapped to this fucking bed, and she comes in, and she she's always got that expression on her face, like she's got this grin, but it's like kind of forced or something. And she's like, "You better eat up. I made this myself." And you're just like looking at it. It's like that shit from the table in the beginning. Did you try it, by the way? Because he pukes automatically. Yeah, and then you then you have a few choices of what you can say, and I'm like, "It's great." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't, she gets fucking pissed at you. Yeah, and then she's like, "Well, I'll just leave you here to eat it. I'll be back later." She's like real sweet and stuff, and then. <laughs> He's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like after he shuts the door. So the uh, I forgot what that one was called, but uh, in that one where you play, you're stuck in the bedroom. I think it might just be called bedroom. Yeah. Uh, it's just a big puzzle sequence. Uh, where you have to solve the puzzle of being able to get out of this this room mm. without getting caught because you can die, you can fail and die. And there's certain things like if you do the clock, it's gonna go bong, and it's gonna be like what what you'll she'll like hear that and be like what what's going on in there, and then um you know when you do the 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 clock on by the bed, uh it will like move the fucking bed and make sounds because there's a trap door under it, uh yeah. but you get like a clue under that bed so you have to like. You can't, and, and she recognizes items. So, like, when you put pictures on the wall, she's like, I put that picture there for a reason. And then, you son of a bitch! <laughs> she like vomits a bunch of bugs all over you. You're like, oh, fuck, oh, you lose some health. Yeah. <laughs> and if there, there's one draw that you can't, like, put back in because it's broken. So when she comes into the door and she sees the drawer, she's like, I know that drawer don't open on its own. <laughs> and she... She it's like she she knows every detail of that room so like when she ha- when she's coming back you have to put everything back the way it was mm-hmm. so it's funny it's like you're on like these time limits when she goes away and you're like okay i gotta do what we do all this other shit again it's kind of it's kind of interesting it's like a lightning round puzzle thing yeah uh it's interesting yeah. uh i i uh i lightly went through it um, I think I'm gonna spend more time on trying to solve uh other uh challenges of, of escaping. I think there's more, right? It's not just that one. There's a little more. It's like you find like a whole other room mm-hmm. off to the side, and uh it you can't eventually get through that trap door underneath the bed. Uh but yeah, um there's that one. I get. We kind of we'll, we'll jump back to the end of Zoe thing. We kind of just went right to the band footage. Yeah. But uh, there's the the twenty one one, which is like when you play blackjack with Lucas. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's I, that's just a mini game. Yeah, I lightly touched on that. I was like, this is interesting, but like 
all the added shit that happens, I was like, oh man, this is definitely what Lucas would come up with, but I fucking hate this. <laughs> but like, I thought oh, it was... You, you hate it? No, no, I didn't, uh, like, I didn't hate it, but like, I hated it at, like, the, the user interface, where I just, I, I like quickness. Like, hey, I, I just want to hit the button that says hit me, or stay. So it was more like mechanics than anything. Oh, okay. Like, I... I it's a little clunky, but when you get used to it, it's fine. I mm. thought, but uh, I, I had, I, I know it's just blackjack, but it's kind of fun. I yeah, don't know. <laughs> something about that. Uh, it's like when you know when a a game has because this has been happening more lately. When one of these more open world games has a really good game of darts in it, it's just fun. You just want to play it. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like what this blackjack is. This fucked up version of blackjack. Kind of like Gwent in uh, Witcher 3. Yeah, because I was like, I, I, I failed. I didn't succeed. And I was like, I want to play this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept wanting to play it to where I could like win because I, I thought I could win. Yeah. Uh, there's not much to that one. There's the da- Daughters one, and that's the one where you play Zoe. And it shows like the start of the story, basically. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool because you get to see the whole house before it's all fucked up and everything mm-hmm. and everybody's normal and, and, and nice, I guess, except Lucas, who's this little fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's fucking scary when like they all turn on you, you know, and you don't have any fucking weapons or anything. You have to sneak around. And Margaret, when, when Marguerite like turns around, like staring at the, the bathtub and she's like, Fucking bug is coming out of her mouth. Yeah. And then the father like, get the rope down in the garage while I'm moving at two miles per hour. That was the one thing I kind of hated about that is like, there was no sprint button. Yeah. You move kind of slow. You're forced to move kind of slow in that. Uh, mm. But um, I, uh, I like it and I want to eventually finish it. I couldn't finish it. I kept fucking failing. Yeah. Same. Uh, or actually, no, I did finish it, but it was I had a bad ending because that's another thing. The the daughter's thing has multiple endings. There's hmm. multiple paths in it too, so there's actually replay value in that. There's a true ending. I gotta check that out. Yep. So I was like, I'll revisit that and try to really beat it because I I tried to play it several times, but I was doing it without a guide. I didn't want to like, you know, just go look up a guide immediately and figure out how to beat it. Mm-hmm. Um. What? What? Since we're on the Zoe thing, like, uh, what? What more did you have to say about End of Zoe? Oh yeah, we'll go back to that. Finish that real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you spend your time playing as Joe Baker, just killing everything, <laughs> sneaking around, and you have like these epic boxing match fucking boss fights with this creature mm-hmm. that's that's Jack Baker. It's I don't know why that's like. It's kind of silly, but at the same time, it's awesome. It's just... I feel like a normal person, like, even though this is, like, the Deep South and, you know, most of us are 2A, uh, you know, pro 2A people. Uh, but, like, I, I could totally see a guy just being like, I don't have a gun on me, but I'm just going to fucking pound the shit out of these fucking monsters. That's what Joe Baker was all about, and I and I dig that. I, I like that he can make fucking spears and kill shit with it. Like... <laughs> Like what? What other game did that that you, you can play besides that shitty Far Cry one that was like in the the Stone Age or whatever? 
that everybody fucking hated. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't remember what that primal. was. That a Far Cry Primal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that being like a big bomb or something. Um. Like, but yeah, eventually you fight. He realizes it's Jack, and then you, you get kind of get your ass kicked, and you lose. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to save. He takes Zoe away from you. And so, like, there's something at play there where it's like, I guess some part of him is still recognizes that's Zoe, and he's trying to go make sure she gets infected. I guess. Yeah. And what what was with Zoe? By the way, they like she was like crystallizing. Like she got to a point where she was naked, and the mutation of the crystallization like put her into like some type of lingerie. I was like, what is I, this? <laughs> I don't know. I guess she just had like a different reaction. It seems to affect people differently. I know there's three stages, right? There's the early stage where you're kind of going crazy, and then the middle stage where you're super crazy, and then full full mutation where, where like your skin starts falling off. I guess maybe maybe that's something that kind of connects it to eight. Because you remember how like all the bosses and shit you'd fight in eight, or they you, you get like crystal skulls, and you get like people turn into big pieces of crystals and shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there's something to that there with Zoe. It's all that something, all, all that witch crystal bullshit. <laughs> witch crystal shit. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, Joe, <laughs> he gets put in a coffin by his own brother and thrown off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> in that boss fight, which is like crazy. And then he washes ashore and he's like, "Oh shit, I almost didn't make it that time." <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when he finds the fucking power glove or whatever. Yep. And, and that thing's awesome. And you, you kind of like have to learn somewhat quickly how to use that thing. Yeah. You get a couple of um, mold monsters that you could try out pretty much. Yeah. And then you have the, the real final fight with, uh, with Jack and it's kind of tough. I died a few times when I first played it, but then I beat him. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when the blue umbrella people come in, rush the area and, they detain Joe and give Zoe a cure and she's okay. Looks like her hair's permanently gray though now. And Yeah. Before before we get into the ending talk here, uh there was one part where he had to go get the antidote and like the computer was not working, so he just started smashing it. It's God. totally a Joe Joe Baker move. Yeah, got it work, work. And he like got it to work. Goddamn computers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the twist there at the end was uh Ethan apparently got a hold of the umbrella people and was like you need to go back there's one more person there's Zoe and he came through in the end mm-hmm. so it made it all okay everybody that mattered made, lived <laughs> yeah she's like you didn't forget about me yeah I mean it, it, Joe Baker was <laughs> Joe Baker, was, Joe Baker was scared. He's like, when they came in, like, put your hand on, put your hand, everybody can die. He's like, he's holding the power glove. Like, I was like, wait a second. He's, this is out of personality. Just start beating him up with the power glove. Don't ask questions. Just start beating their asses. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chris came but, in. He's like, put the, put the weapon down. Put it down. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they live and they, I guess, live happily ever after off that property somewhere. I don't know. 
and that's that's kind of the end of the whole story of re8 or re8 re7 and the but you like that the end of zoe uh, dlc overall i like it more than not a hero um i i thought not a hero was great uh i do agree with you that it I had a mission. I fucking hated Lucas, and I wanted to catch him. It was kind of like a uh, a uh, a cop versus criminal kind of thing going on. Yeah, and, it almost felt like something out of a fucking movie or something. Yeah, so I I dig that. Uh, but like, I had most fun, most fun with End of Zoe. <laughs> yeah. I like them. I I think I like them both equally, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Go, yeah, I guess touching on the band footage thing and finishing that, there's uh, there is also Ethan Must Die mode. I didn't like insane. I, I didn't, I don't like the, 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 the whole Ethan Must Die and, and Jack's 55th birthday. Oh, okay. So yeah. Ethan Must Die is interesting. I like it and I want to beat it someday, but it's like it's 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 really hard. It's like it sits you outside the, the back of the house, the backyard where like the trailer is and stuff. And then you just get random weapon pickups and like, <laughs> there's almost no light. It's interesting. And you go into the house and there's like random enemies and sometimes they can drop different items, mm-hmm. but you die in one hit. Yeah. So you have to go through this whole different setup of the game and, hope enemies drop good items and you can find good items and try not to get hit. You got to farm like uh parts and shit that are like in the compactor thing, whatever, so that you can, oh, no. that's in the, uh, uh, the other one. Oh yeah. The... I need to look this up. So I know their names more. <laughs> Ethan must die was the parts. Uh, Jack's 55th birthday is you have to get the food to feed Jack. No, no, Ethan Must Die didn't have parts. That's when he just gets random item pickups. Uh, the one you're thinking of with Clancy, where you play as Clancy, that's... Uh, where the hell is it? Bedroom 21, Jack's My Hero. Why is this not showing up? I don't know, but I, I remember clicking Ethan Must Die, and then I would be in the basement area, and I would be fighting mold monsters. I don't know. Those, those are the only two things I remember as far as other mini games. Let me look this up. So, the page I have up doesn't have a, all of it listed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'll like discuss Jack's fifty-fifth birthday. Um, you begin the first level is like the beginning of the uh, demo, where you go like into different areas and you have to like find food for Jack. Uh, and sometimes you get like salt shakers and shit. And if you feed yeah. if you feed salt shakers to Jack, he like throws up because who eats a fucking full container of salt? That's weird. Uh, <laughs> but you can combine the salt um, with the food to make it tasty. And I was like, I get it. I was like, this is like it's it's something more. So like, I'm not complaining that I have more shit, but I'm like, I just don't care for it. I thought it was kind of a fun little mode. It's, that's all it's meant to be is just a fun bonus mode. That, like mm-hmm. it, po- it kind of pokes fun at the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
it's I, I was bizarre i was just like what is this is so strange to play it this way and you you play as other characters too like you get to play as mia later and stuff mm-hmm. but uh like okay i found it nightmare is the one where jack you're clancy and jack throws you in the fucking basement and it's basically kind of like call of duty zombies almost except you're by yourself <laughs> yeah you're stuck in like this basement and it's like you can unlock different areas of the basement and you can set traps with scrap. You get scrap generators and you can upgrade your weapons and you can like use the scrap you buy to set up the traps. Some traps are more expensive and more effective than others. Oh yeah, you're right. Because Ethan must die is like the beginning. There's a box and you like hit the box and you get a random item. All right. Yeah. That's the one with the random drops is Ethan must die. Yeah. And, and yeah, nightmare, you don't, you have, it's, it's just like the regular mechanics of the game other than like this, this other stuff. Uh, you got a regular health bar, you get, you can get, uh, the, the healing juice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really liked the nightmare one though. I was like, I was like, I almost beat it and I was like, fuck, I have to beat this. Like I was kind of addicted to it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think I had the most fun with that one though. Uh, and Ethan Must Die was just like, yeah, I want this is weird, and I kind of like this as a challenge thing, but I'll I'll revisit it. And yeah, Jack's fifty fifth birthday is just kind of silly, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's I think that's all the band footage. Yeah. And you have Madhouse here. Did you try Madhouse difficulty? I did not because I don't want to. It sounds really frustrating. Yeah, I. <laughs> I was frustrated on normal. Uh, if you watch one <laughs> in a stream where I was fighting Jack uh, with a chainsaw, it's kind of difficult a little bit if you if you don't know what you're doing. And I totally forgot what I was doing, and I lost a little bit. But yeah, I I don't have anything to say. But you can do Madhouse, and I heard people uh, say it's really hard. It is very hard, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, let's see. You got anything else about the that stuff? I mean, I think we talked about all that, all the bonus DLC and all that. No, nah, we we went in through everything. I think we hit all the the beats and stuff. Uh, some good stories and journals and diaries. Uh, like I said, the VHS would kind of like served. There was some diaries. There, there was one, I believe, by Lucas. Uh, that says "fuck you" list. <laughs> Oh, it's just, yeah, he got pissed at everybody that made him mad somehow or wronged him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember there was the one, you find his diary in his room. Like, it's like when his room for when he was a kid or something. Yeah. And he's talking about how, like, he had a friend over and he locked him in the attic and he fucking starved to death. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? And it was to the point that, like, people were, like, his parents were looking for him and he didn't know where he was at. And he, he died and eventually started rotting up in that attic area. And then that's when like his dad noticed it. <laughs> and then it's like, what the hell? So it just sets up. Lucas is like a weird psycho from like an early age. Yeah. And they, and they explain that in like all the other DLC and stuff, like he's still fucked up in the head. Even after Evelyn, uh, it is not in control anymore. He's, he's, he's a fucked up individual. Uh, he but- was crazy before. So it just translated over. Yes into a monster pretty much uh yeah. 
I guess my favorite one as far as the VHS is the Mia storyline where you are in the ship and you kind of get that side story. And I like that. And I mean, I don't know if you want to go into detail, but I, I like that her science friend was like <laughs> infected, like, good, get back to the room. <laughs> and like, you have to like, uh, go through certain areas, go through like windows and ducts and stuff because of the mold monsters that are happening. And you kind of learn what happened on that ship before it crashes and then gets to the Baker family. Yeah, I really liked that part of the game too. I thought it was cool when you did, did the flashback and you see all me as like some kind of like trained fucking paramilitary chick, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And then you get to and, the, you get to the part where she does the video, and you're just like, oh, oh, <laughs> she does the video where she's like, Ethan, don't come. <laughs> yeah, I also like the one. I like all the VHS tape segments actually, because uh, like I like the one where you're Clancy and you're stuck in that fucking weird like setup Lucas has, where and that, that's how he dies. That's how Clancy dies is he gets caught in a Lucas trap, and it sets you up solving the puzzle is ethan i kind of like that that was that was cool mm-hmm. uh, and i like the thing with mia where you play as uh plays her and she's trying to escape through the old house which we was talking about earlier mm-hmm. marguerite's trying to find you i don't know i'm really partial to the tapes more than anything in this yeah um I mean, I already said personal stories. Uh, the demo is like one of the personal stories that I have for this game. Um, but other than that, I mean, I I, we, I already explained it. I don't want to explain it again. Did you have any personal stories about this game? Uh, I got into some of it, like how uh, you know I played the demo we, when we touched on that, and uh, me my initial kind of reaction to playing this game and me sticking up for it. Uh, I remember before the game came out and I played the demo as well. Like, uh, like among my group of friends, uh, I was like one of the only ones that was interested in this game. I think I actually was, mm. uh, it's like, I played, I told him like, you should check out the demo. It's interesting. It's it kind of reminds you of PT a little bit. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean later, but, uh, it's, on the face of it, it's interesting, and it's not like RE6 is what I was trying to tell everybody, and nobody would listen to me. Everybody just, they, they were so fucking pissed off about how the last two games were, they didn't want to, they, they really didn't even want to give it a chance. That's that's where some people were at, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then it came out, and I was like the only one that bought it first. And I was telling everybody, like, you guys got to get this game. I'm telling you, it's it's more like a classic Resident Evil game than like what you think. Fuck the first person shit. Don't even let that hold you back about it. Uh, it's not about that. <laughs> finally, they, I started getting some traction with that. And one of my other friends bought it and he was playing it. And he was like, yeah, I like this game. Mm-hmm. And we kind of we kind of had a real similar reaction at the time where it was like, yeah, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. But it's still not as good as, you know, RE4 or something. Yeah. Uh, and one of my other friends, he held out a really long time on playing this game until I finally let him borrow it from me. And then he, he, he got behind it pretty hard too. Like I was now, like how I am with it now. Did he play village? 
Yeah. And he kind of reacted to it similarly to how I did. Mm. We, we, we have about the same opinion on it where it's like, this game's cool. There's things I like about it. There's some things I don't like about it. Specifically stuff has to do with like the writing and the story. You know, which we'll get into again soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that, I guess that's like really the only other story I have is just this whole journey of me being along for the ride since they gave me the the, the demo and me kind of being interested in it. Nobody else was and me having to kind of like tell everybody, hey, no, really, I think this is going to be good for real this time my 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 horror radar was going off it was usually when it does it's it's usually right yeah all right well let's get in some lightning round questions here this is where we just you know have a series of questions and we don't go into deep detail we just kind of give a brief uh answer um so who do you to prefer to play as so we have we have Joe Baker, uh, we have Ethan Winters, we have Mia, uh, and uh, Chris Redfield. I'm I'm gonna be very very fucking uh, biased. It's gonna be Joe Baker. There's also Clancy if you want to count him. Yeah, Clancy. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Joe Baker or Chris. Maybe it might be a tie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be that guy and tie him. All right. Uh, what is your favorite boss? My favorite boss, I would have to say, is Jack Baker. Um, and it's the chainsaw level. <laughs> That's, uh, that might be it. Like, just because it's the whole spectacle of it, like what you're doing. It's like you're playing that and you're like, oh shit, he's got a chainsaw. And you're trying to fight him. And, you know, you're doing okay, but you're in this really enclosed space. And then all of a sudden, you've got a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, and then you just start fighting. You're like, I'm fighting a guy with a chainsaw in, in, in a Resident Evil game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that hasn't happened before. It's badass. Uh, uh, besides that, I'll give a shout out to the, the Marguerite fight in the greenhouse area. Yes. Because it's, it's just creepy. It's unsettling. Mm-hmm. That's also like a classic RE boss fight. Correct, yes. Um, favorite part of the game? I mean, it's going to be uh, fucking power, the Power Glove uh, with Joe Baker. Um, <laughs> but honorable mention would be Mia on the ship. I think my favorite part is um, going through the, the old house, like I was saying before it's got like this whole other atmosphere to it. It's, it's, it's kind of creepy in its own way. And you're like fighting bugs and shit with like a shitty flamethrower. We get like some thing vibes from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the, the regular main Baker house too. It, it's, it's got more to do with the environments and just how memorable they are to me and stuff. All right. Uh, favorite weapons. Um, I'm 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 always a shotgun whore. Um, so shotgun is like my favorite. Uh, but that samurai edge, man. <laughs> when you unlock it, it's fucking sweet. <laughs> That's my honorable mention. The thing's nice for sure. Um, I think my favorite is probably the shotgun. Is is nice. Uh. 
I like that flamethrower. I like that fucking makeshift flamethrower or something about that. He's like, he found like a shitty pipe and like an aerosol can <laughs> and like a Zippo lighter. And he made a flamethrower out of it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the 1911 you find, um, the the other pistol. Did you find the 1911 in this game? No. It's you have to like find the parts for for it. It's like I think that's one of the secrets, uh, secret treasure hunt things. You find like an old gun, and it's like it's fucked up. It needs some work, uh, and you can find gun parts for it. There's like a uh, crawl space underneath the main house that you can find. Mm-hmm. and you find those parts and you can like fix the gun and you get a 1911 and it's like a, just a stronger handgun basically less rounds but it's stronger yeah uh that's cool and that's also just because i'm a you know i'm a gun nerd so i like that um i like that submachine gun too that mia gets that bees on that weird 64 round cylinder magazine submachine gun yeah that bison yeah it's a cool gun too uh joe baker's shotgun when you unlock it i i gotta (laughs) it goes cool i gotta try it out (laughs) i just like pounding with my fist (laughs) uh back best rank i don't think there was like a rank it just gave you like stats and stuff right yeah, you just like you did it. <laughs> you did it in this certain amount of times. This is how many dies. This is how many restarts. Like it, it goes deep into. I kind of miss rankings. Like bring that back. They do it in Resident Evil Two uh, Remake, and I believe they do it in Three as far as yeah. the, the grade. Uh, it's in two and three. It's probably yeah. gonna be in four. Yeah. So we don't have that question to answer. But now we get into the final countdown. Uh, where we uh, do our current ranking where it's at, where you know some might be missing still because there's still games that are coming out and we need to review. Uh, Zach, you go first. Uh, I got to pull my file up because I forgot to fill it in. <laughs> All right, then I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start from 19 uh, to all the way to 1. At, at 19, I have Resident Evil 6. At 18, I have Resident Evil 5. At number 17, I have Resident Evil Revelations 2. At number 16, I have Revelations. At number 15, I have Dead Aim. At number 14, I have Survivor. Uh, This is an updated ranking, which I will explain. Actually, you know what? I'm going to leave it blank. I will wait until, uh, even though I'm probably teasing it right now. But Village, I'll tell you where it's at when we get to... uh, next episode in lost in nightmares as far as the resident evil games the 13 blank 12 blank uh 11 is resident evil 4 10 is resident evil 0 9 is resident evil 7 and number 8 is code veronica and number 7 is free remake and number 6 is one remastered uh number 5 actually it's remake i should say resident Evil 1 remake number 5 resident evil 1 uh, number four is Resident Evil 2, 1998. Number three is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Number two is blank at the moment. And number one is still Resident Evil 3. Oh, so you put seven under Code Veronica? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's 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 the old school me where I'm just like, there's fucking fixed cameras. I like it still. And I, 
Claire is one of my favorite act uh, actors uh, characters. Okay, we'll talk about that at a later date, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so my list I'm currently updating. He is doing it right now. All right, so Resident Evil Six is it uh, nineteen? And then I have Dead Aim at 17, and 16 and 18 are blank. Okay. You're skipping up. Uh, <clears throat> RE0 is 15. Survivors, 14. Uh, Revelations 2 is 13. RE5 is 12. Uh, Revelations 1 is 11. Code Veronica is 10. Uh We'll get to village, I guess, later. Mm. I might, re I might end up revising my score a little too. <clears throat> uh, RE3 remake is eight. Uh, RE1 is seven. RE7 is six. Uh, then Resident Evil Three is five. Four is four. Three is RE2 remake. Two is original re2 and one is resident evil one remake all right so we're almost down to the final two uh which is we have resident evil 4 remake and what's the other one that we have left uh what are we missing <laughs> no uh, no i think we were talking about doing Gaiden or something i think uh, umbrella chronicles you think is i think that's one we were talking about or guy no i think we we're talking about Gaiden. Uh, I think I'm open to doing Umbrella Chronicles too. I own it, so yeah, same here. Um, yeah, so that is our list at the moment, and we still have Andy's there. That when he was on our Resident Evil Four uh, episode, he put Resident Evil Four at number one, and every other bullshit Resident Evil game at number two, which is funny because he <laughs> didn't play the other games. Uh, which... well, it's like getting him to pull teeth to play horror games. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the next game that will be on Lost in Nightmares is the rebooted, revised uh, Resident Evil Village uh, since the DLC and the third person's in there. And like I said, because of the last uh, time we did it, it had shitty audio. Uh, so that will be next in the docket. And then after that is Resident Evil 4 Remake, which <laughs> which is coming out March. So... So that's going to be a little while. Maybe we'll do something in between there. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to end it. Uh, I'm happy you guys are, you know, watching the videos. I do see the views that are happening on YouTube. I hope you like the rebrand. Um, as far as there's going to be more projects that we're going to probably do more horror games, uh, that we could talk about. Um, but if you want to catch more of Lost in Nightmares, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube as Lost in Nightmares. Uh, if you search that up, uh, it will pop up. But until next time, guys, we will see you in the village. Bye. Get lost. Yes, get in lost. Nightmares. Yeah, get lost. Get out of here in Nightmares. <laughs>